0: This is the
1: Overdue Homework Podcast.
0: Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. As always, we are here to give you our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Please contact us. At podcast at overdue com,
1: Trav, how are you doing? Awesome as always. Yeah. Trae. Just watching a whole bunch of Dragon Ball Z. As I said last time, I'm on season seven. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Pumping them out. Yeah. Just saw the other world tournament with nice. on and nice. stuff. So now I'm in the poopy man spot. Oh, yeah, man.
0: Yeah. I did like how, I guess it still kind of follows that pattern where it's like, a story season, a tournament season. A story yeah. season, a tournament season. Which do you like better, tournament seasons or story seasons? Tournament seasons. Tournament seasons. <laughs> of course it's tournament seasons.
1: Obviously. Obviously. How are you doing, Drew?
0: I'm doing really good. The weather is beautiful. I'm sure people love hearing me talk about the weather, but we're having some uncharacteristic winter weather here in Minnesota. Yeah. It was 55 degrees today. Not, I'm wearing Not a big deal. I'm wearing a t-shirt in my basement and at the end of January. That's... That does not happen. No, it does not. does not happen. Global warming, excuse me, climate change does not exist. <laughs> I am a climate change denier. Not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, so in the production of this podcast, there were no articles used. Go back to one of our other multitude of uh, Nicktoons episodes that feature Rugrats, and you guys can get the skinny on the Rugrats. The skinny. skinny. So we can just move on over to the homework review. Trav, are you retty? I am retty. Yeah, that's not a real word, is it? It is No. <laughs> And, of course, we're doing Rugrats from 1991. We are doing Season 1, Episodes 1 and 2. Hopefully, if you guys like this episode, this will lead into Episodes 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. Eventually, we'll get to them. Not 5,
1: not 6, (laughs) not (laughs) 7.
0: And, of course, Rugrats was created by Arlene Klasky and Garbor, 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 Cuspo, and Paul Germain. I like that. Of course. Of course. Of course it was. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, voiced, of course, by <laughs> E.G. Daly, <laughs> Christine Cavanaugh, Nancy Cartwright, Cheryl Chase, Tara Strong, Kathy Susie and Dion Kwan. That's a great name. That, that is, is. Dion awesome Kwan. Name. I love that, name. <laughs> um, the music was composed by Mark Mothersbaugh, and executive producers were Arlene Kasky, Klasky and Garbor Kuspo. Originally released on the Nickelodeon network in 1991. Um, to be exact, it was August 11th, 1991. My dad's birthday. Oh, I think you said that last time. <laughs> yeah. I should have remembered that. Happy birthday to Trav's dad a few <laughs> months in advance. <laughs> So, why don't we just get right into it here, Trav. Um, the first episode that we are going to be doing is called Tommy's First Birthday, and this is a 30-minute episode. does not have two segments, only one segment. Uh, kind of an outlier when it comes to uh, Rugrats episodes. I don't remember there being very many 30-minute episodes. Mostly no. it was two 11-minute segments for yep. 22 minutes. Um, as always, I love the opening to Rugrats. It has that Mount Rushmore feel of openings, Uh, whether it's for animated shows or if it's for live-action shows, right? Do you have a Mount Rushmore for most memorable animated shows?
1: I mean, all these Nicktoons we've been doing is the ones. And then Ed, Ed, and Eddie, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Three that came uh, to mind for me when I was thinking about it were The Simpsons, The Flintstones, and Rugrats. Like, if you're passively listening to the TV, not even, if you're in the room... With a TV on and you hear any of those theme songs, you know exactly what's on TV, right? And then for like a live action show, it's Friends, Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Seinfeld,
1: Seinfeld,
0: Friends, Seinfeld and Rugrats. Once again, if you're just in a room with the TV going and any of those uh, themes come on, you know what's on the TV, obviously, obviously. Uh, Any way you look at it, it's instantly identifiable, and I think it deserves to be on a Mount Rushmore of TV openings. Oh, these intros never
1: get skipped on my TV.
0: No, never ever. Ever. I I shouldn't say never ever. I did skip them last night for time purposes, because it was getting close to my bedtime. True. (laughs) Sleepy time. (laughs) Uh, Sleepy time. I'm still up in the middle of the night with a baby, like every night, so sleepy time. (laughs) There is that. There is that. Someday he'll grow out of it. He's almost a year old. He's supposed to be sleep- I shouldn't say supposed to be, but most babies are sleeping through the night already, but... Cam is a hungry fella.
1: Hungry fella. Hungry fella. If he's anything like Tommy, he's going to be running around no problem on two feet at one years old.
0: I do have to say, I do check the underside of his toys for screwdrivers and pliers and stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That
0: is good. Uh, this episode, like a lot of Rugrats episodes open up with a POV shot from Tommy's perspective. And it's his birthday. He's in the crib. Happy birthday. Sign in there. And I keep thinking, get that stuff out of that baby's crib. He's just a baby. He's going to choke himself. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, uh, Dee Dee changes Tommy, and like a typical father uh, of the day especially, Stu is aghast at the poopy diaper. Go change some diapers, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a holdover that I don't think is very relevant for today's fathers. Um, I would hope that most dads are sharing at least a 50-50 on the diapers. Yeah. I would really hope so. Definitely. Be a, be a daddy. <laughs> at least. <laughs> so, Stu, he's preoccupied with his new invention, the Hoverama.
1: After all, it'll cruise at five miles per hour and has 300 pounds of lift. <laughs> Seems impressive. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's kind of like a modern day drone almost. Stu
0: was, uh, Stu was uh, ahead of the time, I guess. <laughs>
1: yes, he was. He even as the like ring doorbell. Yeah, he does, he
0: does. He uh, does. Tommy's wearing his alternate costume in this episode. Yeah,
1: it's like a true pilot episode yeah. where they're all wearing different outfits than they do normally. Right.
0: It's so weird. Like... Why do you think that happens in episodes, especially animated shows, where like the first maybe one or two episodes is drastically different looking than the rest of the series? I don't
1: know. It's so weird. Like, why? Why was this the outfit that you settled on, right? For, and then changes it to one other outfit that he wears the entire rest of the series. Right,
0: I mean in the next episode he does wear some suspenders again, but they're going out to a fancy to some, restaurant. Right, right, But still, the rest of the series, movies, everything, he's just in a diaper and blue t-shirt. <clears throat> blue it just must be something with a uh, Like the two episodes were made maybe at the same time and then they got more money and then they're like, let's redesign these characters to streamline the animation process to make it easier for everybody. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Uh Dee Dee could give two rips about the hover around that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tommy has a death grip on her earring. Mommy's ears are not a toy. <laughs> I've heard that in my household, believe it or not. Uh, to the kitchen they go, and Grandpa is on a ladder. I don't know if an octogenarian on a ladder is a great idea, but no. he's on that ladder changing the lamp. Why isn't Stu like, Dad, Dad, I will take care of that. Please yeah. get down off the ladder. Seriously. <laughs> and it's time for Tommy's breakfast. Uh, but first, Dee has to consult one of her many parenting books by Dr. Lipschitz. I still can't believe that Dr. Lipschitz <laughs> is is in Rugrats. Dr. Lipschitz. Lipschitz. Uh, modern equivalent would be the internet for today's parents. Um, are parenting books much of a thing anymore?
1: Not really Probably not
0: I do have a few parenting books But they were all given to me by people of my parents generation Right right. Where they're like Hey here's this book full of all this information And I pull out my phone Hey here's this phone full of every information All information I'll ever need Yeah Thanks for the kindling (laughs) Thanks Thanks for the kindling Um, all the books that I've ever read though, like page through, I should say, I've never read a parenting book cover to cover. Cause honestly, like as long as you're a decent person, you should be able to raise a kid. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to all you not decent people out there, but all the books, all they ever say is basically, Hey, kids are different. Your mileage is going to vary on these things that I'm telling you about. So it's like, okay, great. Just be a parent. Sorry. (laughs) There is no
1: book that's going to make you a decent person. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Tommy, he doesn't want to eat. Uh, I've never had a problem with that with either of my kids, that's for sure. Because, like I said, Cam is a hungry boy. Hungry boy. (laughs) Hungry boy. So, they go through the... Dee
1: Dee and uh, Stu go through the birthday checklist. Okay, shoot. Carrot brand cake with health nuggets. Pin the tail on the donkey. Safety version with suction cups. Puppet show.
0: Everything arrives at 11. Perfect. (laughs) A puppet show for one-year-olds. They definitely won't remember that. No, they definitely will not. But it's the best puppet show around, don't you understand? Stu and Deedee Dee seems like they are more concerned about keeping up appearances with the rest of the parents than they are, like, parenting their children. Very the much so.
1: <laughs> it's... Parenting their children is not one of their top priorities. It really
0: isn't. It really isn't. But just then, Tommy notices the Husky's Choice commercial on the television, the tiny, tiny television the tiny on the two. very top shelf in the kitchen.
1: And I love the dog animation on yes. that with the two eyes staring at you <laughs> on the same side. Yes. He'll run faster and jump higher. So good, you almost wish you were a dog.
0: And that's enough for Tommy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's it. Give me some of that dog food. He wants that
0: dog food. <laughs> uh, slapping those carrots onto Stu's shirt, then Stu and Dee Dee leaves the kitchen to get at that stage. Because you know, Stu, he's more worried about his clothing, even though he doesn't go to work
1: anywhere ever, ever other than his basement. And he clearly has plenty of this outfit because he (laughs) wears it all the time. Good point. (laughs) My favorite shirt that I have a dozen of in the closet, but okay.
0: Well, it's time for Tommy to escape using the screwdriver taped to the underside of his high chair tray. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Making it to the floor He beelines for that dog food Almost making it He can almost taste it (laughs) Grandpa swoops in and grabs Tommy You don't want that yucko What do you want over here (laughs) Uh, Taking Tommy back to the carrots They're not looking so good I see your point (laughs) The carrots look terrible they really do Howard and Betty are at the door. Those are Phil and Lil's parents, which you should know because you watched the episode because you did your homework, listener. (laughs) They have the twins and Chucky. Chucky is parentless. Nobody mentions his father whatsoever in either of these two episodes. Uh, They toss them kids in the pen and ditch them. Ditch (laughs) them. They got lives too, all right? (laughs) All the adults here is Stu hammering away downstairs on that hover-rama. Over to the kids in the playpen. The adults rush outside to save a teddy bear from the from Spike's jaws, leaving the kids alone. It took all of them to subdue Spike, apparently. Yes, he's a yes. ravenous beast.
1: Obviously. <laughs> With all the adults out of the picture... Tommy has just one word for
0: Chucky, Phil, and Lil. Dog food. Dog food. I love the way he says
1: it. He's like, dog
0: food. I've got one word for you. Uh Tommy, he starts with the manipulation to get some dog food, starts manipulating his friends, because he's really good at that. Stuff. He, he is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, he's coming up with a fun adventure for him and his friends. Yeah, that's that's yeah, what he's doing. <laughs> that's the ticket. Maybe they'll turn into dogs if they eat the dog food. Good enough for me. <laughs> they could sleep in the flowers. They could lick people. And of course, Chucky's being a wet blanket at this point. <laughs> yep. Dogs have fleas and stuff. Fleas? The twins, they are in. They're in. <laughs> they are in. But now it's time for the dreaded Angelica. Drew and Angelica arrive at the Pickles residence, and Stu has a two way video doorbell. Where did all the gadgets go in Rugrats? Yeah. It seems very gadget heavy in this episode and in the next episode. Seems like a great angle that they kind of just let go by the wayside for the rest of the writing. Like, everybody knows that Stu builds toys in the basement. Right. And sometimes we get to see those toys, but we don't get to see these weird, like machines and stuff around his house. Like, there should be. He's yeah. a tinkerer, an inventor, a toy maker. He should have all these things around his house.
1: I agree. man. He th- barely leaves the house.
0: Yeah, he should, so all those it things. should be should decked be- out. Do you think uh, Jeffrey Bezos is, like, watching Rugrats one time? He's like, I got it. I got Ring doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Angelica is in the pen with the babies, and they are not too excited about her being there. They literally all, like, <gasps> gasp and, like, step back as she gets put into the and, yeah. Which she could easily just get over the top of I don't know why she thinks she's trapped in there But whatever, whatever. Uh, Dee Dee comes in and takes a few pictures Without saying anything and then leaves Sure That's sure. Yeah, just kind of okay. weird <laughs> Now them kids they are all alone again um, Angelica do you know anything about dog food?
1: Listen up babies This may be your birthday But when the presents are all open I get first dibs on the toys What about dog food? If you eat some,
0: maybe you turn into a dog.
1: You mean I get to wear a collar with spikes and I can even bite the mailman? She's a sociopath, isn't she? Let's do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's get some dog food. Tommy is pumped. Then it's time for the plan. <laughs> troubled teens, the plan. <laughs> They're not really troubled teens. They kind of forced that one in there. Sorry, folks. Tommy draws it out on a piece of paper, the plan that is. What skills for a one-year-old? Yeah. Can hold a crayon and draw stuff? Yeah. Great. great, great, great. We don't actually get to see the intricacies of his plan. They just kind of glance over it real quick. Kind of shows like them in the pen and then like the adults outside and then them doing some stuff. But it's just like quickly grand- glanced over in the episode. Yeah. I mean, the plan really is just escape while the parents are distracted and go eat dog food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. So that's what Tommy aims to do. But his grandparents show up once again, foiling Tommy and his pursuit of the dog food. Next, we find out that the puppets are late. Dee Dee's reputation as a parent depends on the puppets. What a sad state of affair that she's so worked up about these puppets that she thinks her reputation as a parent is going (laughs) to be ruined. Ah, poor Dee Dee. Poor Dee Dee. No time to worry because it's time for presents. Let's open up the Hoverama. I mean the presents. Okay, Stu, I can tell you're a little excited about the (laughs) Hoverama, which he says it a little bit weird, doesn't he? He says like the
1: the Hooverama, Hoverama. He
0: says it oddly. Uh, Maybe the Hoverama's a bit too advanced for Tommy? Are you
1: kidding me? Anyone can operate this thing.
0: Well, we don't get to see the Hoverama in action yet. Stu forgot the batteries for the remote.
1: I'm sure the Hover-What's-It will be Tommy's favorite toy.
0: (laughs) Eh, Maybe. Uh, Let's open up Howard's present. A two-way cellular, baby, walkie-talkie. It's kind of interesting <laughs> that they chose to use the word cellular. I mean, yeah. it's 1991, cell phones are a thing, not very common, but right. cellular, that's an interesting choice to to put that in there. Maybe just a little tech speak to put the, I don't know, because maybe, I guess parents would watch this with their kids, so maybe they're like, oh, cellular, cellular phones? Ooh. Ooh, that's high tech in 1991. <laughs> Top of the line, hands-free communication with the baby. Stu, grandpa and drew hijack the walkie talkies
1: let's take these things out back and see what these babies can really do
0: <laughs> time for more presents but tommy is moving in on that dog food again Dee, Dee scoops him up and that's it for tommy he starts crying all he really wants is the dog food for his birthday According to Dee this party is a disaster. She is way too worried about this party. Yeah, way too worried. <laughs> she just wants to be like a, uh the moms on TV slash internet nowadays. I guess I mean that just just substitute TikTok, Instagram, or whatever for TV, and it's yeah. still like a prescient s- subject in today's culture. You should be more worried about watching your damn children. <laughs> <laughs> Very. Very good point. (laughs) Just then, the door buzzer sounds. It's the puppeteers. Do I look like one lady? (laughs) (laughs) That kind of reminded me of a Christmas story when they get the leg lamp and uh, Ralphie's dad is like, what's in it? And the guy's like, I don't know. And then he signs for the package. He's like, well, what's in it? And the guy's like, I don't know, dude. (laughs) So Didi only booked the stage and the puppets, not the actual puppeteers. Seems like a rather large oversight. Yeah. It's 1991. She didn't go on the internet and make a mistake. She was talking to somebody on the phone, most likely, trying to figure this out. And the person wasn't like, do you want the puppeteers
1: too? Not necessary.
0: Not not necessary. That's included.
1: (laughs) No, that's why I'm asking you. Uh, Just move along.
0: So, Dee Dee does what any great mother does. She grabs the walkie-talkie and calls the men back to headquarters. They get to be the puppeteers. Drew is less than enthused.
1: Oh, no, not this investment banker. (laughs) Do you remember what happened the last time you two put on a puppet show together? Come on, Pop, my arm healed, and Drew can see almost perfectly out of that eye. Uh, Man, maybe they should chill out. (laughs) Maybe.
0: (laughs) Uh, There's only one way for this puppet show to turn out, and that is Badly. Drew really sucks at being a puppeteer. He doesn't know the story to Little Red Riding Hood.
1: Yeah. How's that possible? And why is that what Stu suggested if Drew doesn't know? I don't know. Uh. So Drew and Stu, they argue. Don't get uppity with me, all right?
0: I didn't want to do this in the first place. You're a whiny little brat. <laughs> I really thought he was gonna. Every time I watch this, I thought he was gonna call him a whiny little bitch. Whiny every little <laughs> bitch. You're a whiny little bitch. Did you know? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an interesting turn for the all of the rats. baby's turn. <laughs> what?
1: Uh-huh? <laughs>
0: Uh, With the adults again forgetting about the children, Tommy moves in on the dog food. He enters the kitchen, and Spike leaves the kitchen moments later. So, you know, the babies, they think Tommy turned into a dog. Obviously. Obviously. I mean, that's what I would think. (laughs) (laughs) After entering the kitchen, the babies find out the sad truth of the situation. Tommy isn't a dog, and Spike ate all the dog food already, because he's a dog and he was hungry. (laughs) But look up there. It's a can of dog food. This plan ain't dead yet. Then... Drew and Stu are still arguing in the living room, still arguing through the puppets. Through
1: the puppets. In
0: front of the adults.
1: All the adults' attention is on this crazy orchestra up there, (laughs) while the children have now escaped again, and they're all out in the kitchen now.
0: Yeah, there's not a single kid in the living room, and none of them notice.
1: None of them notice.
0: They are really taking cues from their parents, the greatest generation, and the hands-off parenting techniques that they (laughs) employ.
1: Oh, boy.
0: So back in the kitchen, we got Tommy on top of Angelica's shoulders. She's on top of what looks like a bowl, which is not going to be a great thing to stand on. And they're stretching for that top shelf, trying to get the dog food. But Angelica, she can't hoist Tommy up any higher. So Chucky calls in the big guns. He has the Hoverama remote control and some batteries. All right. All these kids are constantly pulling batteries out of their diapers. Yeah. There's not a single instance where they're getting changed and like, why are these batteries in here <laughs> 10 double a's fall out of tommy's ba- <laughs> uh, diaper and what the hell is what, what the, the is going hell on
1: what do you need d batteries for
0: <laughs> i do love that sequence when tom when chucky puts the batteries into the remote and how it's like the his arms coming together and he's like slaps the the batteries into the remote <laughs> yeah. i love that it's like an action sequence almost after uh, chucky gets that hoverama going which the parents also don't notice it leaving the room right but whatever. In comes the hoverrama into the kitchen with the with it in control by Chucky. He almost gets to that uh, can of dog food he's gonna use the antenna to knock it off the shelf. but instead Phil ends up getting in the way and causes the hoverrama to go crazy crazy hooking Tommy by the suspenders while Angelica hangs on the to Tommy's ankles and then f- flying wildly around the kitchen. After Lil tries to fix it, <laughs> then chucky is going to bring tommy over the water he's, he's gonna i'm gonna bring him in over the water <laughs> things keep getting worse and the kitchen ends up being destroyed back in the living room and Stu and drew are having an emotional breakthrough about their childhood together how touching
1: and no one's listening to the craziness in the kitchen so. the hoverama uh,
0: the hoverama makes it into the living room and Tommy falls off, just in time for Spike to catch him. Spike is such a great dog. Yeah, he is. He's such a great dog. And then the Hoverama crashes into the cake. The party is now officially ruined. Cake dead, puppet show dead. Worst party ever. <laughs> but, but Tommy still loves his mommy. Yeah. He comes crawling up to her, and Dee, Dee is like, oh, all I really need is my little Tommy. And then the kids, they finally get that dog food. It's gross, because of course it's gross. Obviously. (laughs) But they still turn into dogs, kind of. And then Grandpa snaps a photo, and that photo has a story to tell, really. Um, That story being that no matter what really happens, as long as the kids are having fun, it's still a good birthday party. Obviously, <laughs> are photo books even a real thing I anymore? Don't, I don't think so. I know my parents have photo books from my childhood, but I we don't have one for our kids. Yeah,
1: my grandparents had them, and my aunt took
0: them. But yeah, yeah. we don't have current ones. It was really heartwarming how that episode ended. How it was them paging through that. Uh, that photo book and you get to see all of the birthday and stuff like that. It was heartwarming. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Aw, that's, Oh, <laughs> roll credit. Roll credits. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this episode now or should we hit them both up at the end?
1: The only thing I want to say is that it had to be interesting to go into the writer's room, like proposing the pilot of this show. I'm just saying we're going to have a bunch of babies who are ignored. And the whole goal of the episode is to get some of that wet dog food eat it, and turn into a dog. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's sure. going to turn into nine seasons, but it does. <laughs> it, it does turn into nine seasons. I don't think anybody watching this episode would have thought,
0: this show's going to still be on in the year 2000. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no way in hell. No way in hell. So we will move on to the, well, I guess I'll give you this my opinion on this episode too then, instead of moving on to episode two. I think it's a great standalone Rugrats episode. It's not ultimately really representative of the rest of the series, I don't think. it changed, The series changes so much by the end. Yeah. It still gives you the idea of Tommy and his cronies are going to get into trouble. It's going to be funny. The parents are going to be... Uh, Completely not ignorant Completely oblivious to What's going on with these children And we're going to just get to watch their hijinks So that yes That is still uh, current throughout the whole series But just the scope of the series Gets so much larger than just Inside the house and inside two Inside two rooms Yeah um, is it is it a good episode? Yes, I still th- I still think it's good.
1: And with most of these Nickelodeon shows, every adventure is going to be started and solved in one episode.
0: Yes, <laughs> there. I yes, there. I, are there even any two part Rugrats episodes? Maybe at the end of <sighs> maybe, the series. I maybe, don't know. Maybe, those yeah. those are the episodes that I've watched the least. Would be the last few seasons of the Definitely, Rugrats, like yeah. when they introduce what was the little girl that they introduced that was Angelica's age? What's hmm. her Susie? Susie. Yeah, when they once they introduced Susie, that's when I kind of was getting too old for the series. Sure. Even though I still watch the reruns, I would say in high school and stuff. But I wouldn't tell anybody I was watching <laughs> Rugrats though, but I certainly did watch Rugrats. Obviously. So, in episode 2, that one is this one's going to be in two segments, and the first segment is called Barbecue Story, and it's a backyard odyssey if I do say so myself. That episode, there, this segment opens up with the jungle that is the backyard for insects. Tommy, don't, don't eat that. Dee <laughs> Dee sends uh, that would-be lunch bug of Tommy's flying across the backyard. Uh, it's interesting to see the different reactions of the guests. Grandpa getting pissed and sending the bug sailing. You know, he just flicks it off of his... Yeah. Uh, or he, Does he catch it? No, he flicks it. He flicks uh, it he off flicks his it. Yeah. Uh, Drew reacts poorly. Get it off me! Seems appropriate for a reaction from him. Yeah. And then Spike Spike just doesn't give a care. He wants them hamburgers. He wants them burgers. <laughs> and then, uh, simply put, Angelica is a total bitch. And once again, <laughs> <laughs> knocks Tommy's new ball into the yard of the home. Two houses over. The babies don't know that quite yet, but we do. You can tell in that shot when we see it landing after, well... Tommy ends up crying because he's really pissed about it. Dee Dee picks him up, and then we see the ball. And then we can tell it's two houses over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But the the babies don't know that quite yet. Uh, All the babies do know at this point is that they have to get it.
1: Who's with me?
0: (laughs) Phil and Lil all the way. Uh, Chucky, on the other hand. I don't know, Tommy. That's a terrible Chucky. Come on, don't be a baby. I got to work on that. I don't know, I don't know, no, I don't know, Tommy, I don't know how to do a Chucky.
1: I can't do Chucky, I was trying before. I'm trying
0: to plug my nose while, I don't know, Tommy, (laughs) it's not getting any better. That
1: sounds like something else we've done, but not. I don't
0: know, Tommy, (laughs) doesn't sound anything like him.
1: Come on, don't be a baby. Don't be a baby, Chucky, don't be a baby.
0: Uh, they make it into the neighbor's backyard. The babies don't realize that the ball is not there yet. They got one more fence to cross, but first Chucky gets stuck in a log because you know it's Chucky.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: <laughs> After that incident, uh, Chucky wants to throw in the towel, but Tommy gets him to go along with him again. So, uh, once the babies, uh, once once the four babies, Tommy, Phil, and Lil, and Chucky uh, get to the yard with Tommy's ball, there turns out to be. A dog in that yard. A very, very vicious dog that wants to kill those babies. (laughs) He does. (laughs) He really wants to kill those babies. He hates babies. Any experience with dogs? Good, bad, as a kid? Trav?
1: I love dogs. Yeah. i never had a bad experience with dogs. And yeah, anytime I'm walking and there's a dog, I'm probably going to have to pet your dog. Probably I, mean, have to I pet obviously your dog. ask. Yeah. yeah. You got to be polite. Yep. You don't want to get bit and screw the owner over in some <laughs> yeah. situation. But yeah, I, I absolutely love dogs. I wish I had one now, but I don't. You don't.
0: Soon enough. Soon. Soon we actually enough. talked about it
1: today. So maybe this summer. Yeah,
0: let will see. It's really warm out. You could have gotten one this winter. Yeah, you could get one right now. <laughs> you can get one right now. You, said that this reminded you of the Sandlot a little bit yeah definitely yeah definitely Sandlot yeah.
1: vibes for sure ball on the other side of the fence crazy dog yeah no Babe Ruth
0: no Babe Ruth and no but, uh, um, what's his name uh, that did Darth Vader's voice what's his name
1: right who plays Babe Ruth yeah uh, like James Earl Jones. Yeah, James something? Earl Jones. Jones.
0: James Earl Jones. No James Earl Jones in this episode. I would have loved a James Earl Jones in this <laughs> episode. No, it's just the vicious dog. Oh, vicious, vicious dog. <laughs> kind of like a troubled teen, a little bit. Kind of. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> troubled dog. Also, with them traveling through their neighbor's backyards, wasn't your neighbor's yard as a kid kind of like a taboo thing? Like, stay out of their yard. Yes. A little bit. Not Most, the front yard. Mostly.
1: But the backyard, for sure. Yeah. M- my next door neighbor was like the same exact age as me. So and that's. went to a different school. So it was a little mm. bit different. But yeah, the other one, for sure. It's like I shouldn't be in that person's yard or any yard beyond that yeah. one. Yeah.
0: And it was always kind of weird. Like when you would be in their backyard without their permission, you're always like looking around, waiting to get busted. You're like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. just coming to grab a basketball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Tommy. And Chucky climb the fence to get the ball. The next scene is fairly dramatic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It would be kind of stressful for a young kid, I'd think. That dog uh, is fierce. Oh yeah, and it's for sure. It's very fierce, and it is not stopping for anything. He wants to eat those babies. For sure, be pooping your pants. Yeah. They sh- they should have let the dog get one of the babies. <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought the dog was going to get to one and then just lick it. And oh, be a that nice would have been that would have but... been good. I would have liked that.
0: Tommy is either brave or oblivious to the dog. He's... I'm thinking oblivious. Oblivious. He is a baby. Yeah. <laughs> He's
1: not leaving without his
0: ball. So Tommy, he grabs it, and the dog is straining at his chain, dragging the house with him. Uh, Tommy, he can't get back over the fence after he helps Chucky over the fence because Tommy's a good guy.
1: Yeah. And obviously, so they weren't thinking about that whole thing. not one bit. (laughs) (laughs) Not one bit. So Tommy does the only
0: thing that he can do and just lets out a scream. That alerts Spike because Spike is the goodest dog of all.
1: Obviously. Spike
0: saves the day after a bit of his own odyssey in the backyard, crashing through everything at the barbecue and acquiring a costume that ultimately intimidates that vicious dog. Spike drags Tommy home, and after they get through the fence, Everybody's like, Tommy, and then you hear Drew, Chucky, because somebody's got to care about Chucky. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to care about him. The burgers are ruined, because everybody was looking for the babies, and uh, the burgers were kind of Stu was more concerned about the burger patties than he was about his own children.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We got Two uh, rough parents in the parent (laughs) spectrum here. They're both on the wrong side (laughs) of you. I love a good barbecued burger as
0: the next person, but uh, I'm more worried about my child. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, like I said, the burgers are ruined. The sun has set. The fireworks are bursting in air, and who knew that it was the 4th of July? They've let n- there's no anything in the episode to say this is the 4th of July, by no. the way. No. <laughs> it's the first I'm hearing of this. Even though the food and the drinks and the inter- entertainment are all ruined, it's still a nice moment for a boy and his dog. Plus, Spike gets the reward that he so richly deserves and all those burnt hamburgers, just like he likes them. Mm, just like he likes
1: them. Yummy. Next segment. As if Spike doesn't like medium or medium rare burgers, <laughs> he's a dog. He likes no matter what they are.
0: He's like, I I, I like it. Yeah. Just give it to Unfortunately, me. Unfortunately,
1: <laughs> if it's raw, that dog is going to chuff it down. Probably. Yes,
0: he will. Yes, he will. So our next segment is called, Waiter, There's a Baby in My Soup. <laughs> sort, of, sort of reminds me of uh, a Lego movie with the, honey, where are my pants? See that movie, Trav? It's really good. It'd be a good, it would be a good extra credit, I think. The Lego Movie. There's all sure. types of references to '90s media in it, so I think that would be a, a really good extra credit.
1: And then Lego Batman. Yeah, so I gotta can, eventually yeah. do every Batman. I gotta think. do every. Good point. Well, that is good, a good point. Very
0: good point. I've not. I. I'm ready to do more Batman.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: That <laughs> was like 50 episodes ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: So this episode opens up with Stu and his hot date with a toy company exec, exec
1: Mr. Muckle, honey.
0: That's and, a terrible
1: name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and Tommy ruined his tie in the potty. <laughs> tie
0: in the potty again, Stu. Uh.
1: <laughs> it's supposed to be a
0: dinner date with Stu and Dee, but the babysitter called and canceled because of a dead goldfish. The second dead goldfish that this babysitter has had. They must just be some terrible kids The babysit. <laughs> because, I mean, it's, it's a baby. It would have been really easy for her to be, but I guess she didn't want to do it. Uh, Grandpa also has a hot date of his own at the bowling alley with Louise. Go get him, Tiger. Gross. Get a 300. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so that leaves Stu and Dee Dee with one option, the bring Tommy with. I think... Dee probably should have just stayed home with Tommy.
1: Probably, <laughs> probably. That's what I'm gonna say.
0: So they make it to the restaurant, and at dinner with Mr. Mucklehoney. Mr. Mucklehoney is a real character in this move, in this movie, in this uh, episode. He's got the joy buzzer for Stu the fake <laughs> hand for Dee and the rubber lollipop for Tommy. Uh, it's a very fancy restaurant, so I'm assuming that uh, his presence wasn't well taken by the rest of the patrons. I'm assuming. No, he's a douche. It it's kind of seems like the kind of place that would preferably, probably, refuse you at the door if you had a kid with you, I would assume. Right? Probably. Probably like, uh, no, no kids. This yeah. is a very fancy restaurant. Uh, dude thinks Stu is a dud, and the whole Pickles family is a bunch of suckers. What a lovely guy. <laughs> yeah. Luckily for Didi, she gets a phone call at the restaurant. And yes, kids, that is a phone on a plate. That is how they did it in the 90s. And earlier, if you got a phone call at a restaurant, especially a fancy restaurant, they'd bring you out a phone on a plate. Here you go. Answer the phone. There's a phone call for you.
1: That's crazy.
0: Do you ever Did you ever have to do that? Call somebody at a restaurant before cell phones? No. Nope. I remember having to do it one time. My parents, I was like 11 or 12. I was babysitting my sister. My parents went to a Christmas party and they're like, we'll be home at nine. And it was like 1030. And I'm like, where are my parents? Yeah. <laughs> so I started calling the restaurant. And they answered and I had to talk to my mom. And my mom was... Looking, Thinking back on the conversation, she was obviously very embarrassed that she had to answer the phone at the table. <laughs> but they came home shortly after that. I was, I was like 10, 11, 12. I was worried. I was yeah. like, where are my parents? Where are my parents at? <sighs> I don't want
1: to babysit her any longer. <laughs> Thankfully, it was Grandpa on the phone. His date with Luis went south, so he needs a ride. And it went south over
0: a 710 split. That's what they were having an argument about. Like, what. What would cause an argument so bad about a 710 split? Maybe he blew the blew the game for him or something with the yeah, I, I That's the only it. instance. What luck? An excuse for Didi and Tommy to leave. But Mr. Mucklehoney says We boys can watch the squirt. That's a terrible phrase, dude. No, they can't, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No, they can't no, <laughs> no, you suck at it. Uh with Didi gone, Stu is pitching his toy ideas and all of them get shot down, including the Helioptotron. They have two toys just like that, and they go in reverse. And guess what? Tommy escapes uh, right under their noses. They just didn't notice?
1: Impossible. I mean... Impossible. Going with the theme of this show seems believable (laughs) (laughs) as the viewer. (laughs) Yes. But yes, impossible is the correct (laughs)
0: answer. So the first thing Tommy does when he's under the table is tie both of their shoes to the table. Neither one of them notice
1: also yeah okay gum this endless stretching gum and he ties muckle honey's shoe up to it which then launches his shoe up to the table yeah does not distract him nope then he's just yanking the shit out of Stu's shoelaces yeah p- literally pulls his feet yep. towards the middle doesn't bother stew and then he goes <laughs> ahead and just tangles that and there we go that's it. Sets that up for later. I wonder <laughs> what's going to happen. Sets it up.
0: Yeah. And not only that, but they spend like a good 10 minutes like that. Yeah.
1: And yeah, don't not notice. once do they try to move their feet. <laughs> In <No>. 10 minutes. <laughs> Not possible. Not possible.
0: Tommy exits from underneath the table and hitches a ride into the kitchen. What are those called? Those carts? Is it like a... What's it called? Like a bus boy? It's got a name. What yeah. are those carts called? I don't know. I don't know, Trav. <laughs> I do love the POV shot of Tommy's from Tommy's perspective headed into the kitchen. That's one of the things that I really like about the Rugrats in general. Is you get to see a lot of stuff from the kids' point of view. Yeah. Which may not be considered groundbreaking now, but I think at the time like showing the perspective from the child's point of view at the table giving you that idea of what it's like to be a young child especially for the adults watching the show with their kids it's a cool perspective and oh, I yeah. appreciate that they decided to do that because they could have just easily done a static shot from the side of Tommy getting wheeled into the kitchen but instead right. it's a more complex shot uh, more frames to animate because it's not a static background so I like that I think it's pretty dang cool Tommy's doing uh, little things in the kitchen to kind of mess things up they get that sardine. He pulls off the plate and throws it on the Sunday, uh, And then somebody's going to end up eating a mint sprig for dinner instead of a sardine, which <laughs> I guess, I mean, wouldn't you at the table be like, this is supposed to be a single sardine that I paid $400 for? <laughs> yeah.
1: Where's my <laughs> sardine?
0: Uh, where's my where's my single sardine, please? <laughs> Tommy then proceeds to almost kill himself in a stand mixer. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. And then, of course, the pies, the pies, the pies, the pies, the silverware pie. Anyone? <laughs> Pierre is getting a little sloppy. And then the Tabasco soup, the pivotal Tabasco soup. Uh, Tommy, Tommy ends up in the spaghetti at the end of all this fun in the kitchen. Uh, we go back out to the dining room, and two, Stu is still trying to sell his toys. Wacko specs. Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. They pop the eyes pop out, and they would be lost after one time playing with them. The eyes would be lost, so it's yeah. not a great toy. Uh, Muckle Honey eats that spicy soup, and it's hot. It's kind of a "How's your burger?" moment. This "How's it? your burger?" <laughs>
1: water, water.
0: Tommy (laughs) where's Tommy he's in the spaghetti stew he's always been in the
1: spaghetti is this yours finally (laughs) no problem with the fact that he's in the spaghetti or how the hell did this happen is this yours is this yours get your kid out the spaghetti dude get your kid out the spaghetti and eat it you don't get a new one
0: I gotta serve this to table four All right. (laughs) I gotta get this to the man
1: on the ground choking that no one seems to care about
0: Finally, this gets Stu to flip the table. He stands up, flips the table with his shoelaces, and then everything comes crashing down onto Mr. Mucklehoney.
1: Pickles, you slay me. He
0: loves it. Having a giant table fall on his head, he thinks it's hilarious.
1: Loves it. (laughs) Give me that spaghetti.
0: (laughs) What do you, did you call the restaurant in advance? He thinks it's it's all a giant joke and hires Stu on the spot. Not only that, he takes care of the bill. Yeah. All three hundred and ninety dollars of it in nineteen ninety-one, in case you were wondering, it's eight hundred and seventy-two dollar bill in twenty twenty-four. I feel like the chaos that Tommy caused would cost a little bit more than eight hundred and forty eight hundred and seventy-two dollars in twenty twenty. Yeah. Probably would have gotten kicked out a lot sooner than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking that. <laughs> Definitely a hefty bill, no matter what you, no matter which way you look at it. Uh, Muckle Honey, turns out, he has the perfect project for Stew. It's a doll that grows edible hair. It's Alice Alfalfa Sprout. That's a good one. (laughs) The iris iris closes on Tommy Pickles, and roll credits. Trav, give me your final opinions on not only this episode. Let's take a moment to talk about this episode, then we'll talk about both.
1: I think they're all solid episodes. Definitely. Definitely solid episodes. I mean this dude's a douche for sure in this episode i don't enjoy his douchiness agreed it's kind of funny to see like a tommy standalone episode basically
0: i thought the same thing after watching it i'm like a tommy standalone episode is great yeah it kind of reminded me of a classic looney tunes or like uh um, uh, Tom and Jerry type no. of episode Where it's most Yes there's dialogue in this segment But it's mostly From the p- viewpoint of Tommy Mostly no dialogue We just get to see the actions unfold And our The funniness, the hilarity of this episode comes from the physical actions as opposed to the dialogue. There's a little bit of jokes here, a little bit of jokes there. Mr. Mucklehoney is basically unlikable and not funny at all. he Kind of reminds me of Cousin Eddie a little bit from National (laughs) Lampoons, that type of thing. But um, I think of the segments uh, between the 30-minute episode of number one and then the two segments in this one, I think Waiter There Is A Baby In My Soup is the... the, my favorite part of both of these episodes. Oh, definitely. It's the shortest and least story heavy of any of the episodes that we've done today, but I think it's my favorite one. I, Tommy standalone makes it shine a little brighter. I like seeing Tommy like be the
1: pure focus of an episode let's face it he's the best character he is the best character it's okay to like the lead the best
0: it, it is and i don't know who you would even say is second i mean maybe you could say angelica may be the second best character in the series because she is the catalyst for so many things that happen throughout the series probably she's I,
1: unlikable yeah she's unlikable i'd say phil and lil are my second yeah and then Second slot.
0: if you throw the adults in there, I would say probably Grandpa would be oh, maybe obviously. the third one,
1: and then you got everybody else just scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and is Grandpa just Stu's dad? Yes. Okay. So ha- she calls him Grandpa like she does. does on the phone? So then I got confused. Like, is he Great Grandpa technically? Hmm. Or but no, I think he, he d- looks like Stu, so yeah. he's got to be his. Yeah,
0: dad. it is just Stu's dad. I do have to say, I do call my father in law Grandpa. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's kind of weird if you think about it, but I call him Grandpa. Oh, He's not my now, Grandpa. Now it makes more sense. <laughs> that is kind of weird. I think I might stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more for the kids' benefit. Like right, right. They call right. him Grandpa. I call him Grandpa. I don't know. It's kind of weird now that I think about it. <laughs> hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. You're not my Grandpa. You're not my Grandpa at all. <laughs> so, overall, I think the I think Rugrats holds up. Oh, definitely. In general, very little of the episodes are like, wow, that is
1: from 30 years ago. Yeah. Going on 40 years ago. And it's definitely a show you could plop your kids down and... Do what the parents do and ignore them, and because there really isn't—it's nowhere near Rocco, Ren, and Stinky no. with like the hidden, no. inappropriate stuff or no. anything like that. So that part of it's kind of cool.
0: Yes, there's a, there's there's a few references in uh, these Rugrats episodes, like when Dee Dee is trying to feed Tommy the the carrots, she asked Tommy to open up the pod bay door. So obviously that's from 2001: Space Odyssey. You know, so those are little references for um, adults and such but there's no like sexual innuendo. Right, right. right. <laughs> no sexual innuendo whatsoever in Rugrats. If there were, I would have stopped watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, overall, I'd say I really liked it, Trav. Definitely. Definitely, I agree. definitely, definitely. Should we get into that homework assignment? Let's hear it. All right, we're sticking with the Nicktoons theme, and we are going to do some Ren and Stimpy. We are starting at the beginning of Season 2, and we are going to do Episodes 1 through 3. And these are Episodes 1 through 3 according to Paramount+, Plus, because that is going to be the easiest way for most of our listeners to view this content. Uh, Our first segment that we're going to be doing is called Ren's Toothache. The next segment is going to be Rubber Nipple Salesman. As I was saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's right in the title of this show. (laughs) And that is an episode, Rubber Nipple Salesman, that is an episode that sticks out in my mind for sure.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Uh, The third segment is going to be Son of Stimpy. And then our fourth segment is going to be Fake Dad. That can't be good for, can't be good. I'm assuming Fake Dad may be being in reference to... Um uh, I'm trying to think. I can't I can't even think of what that episode would even be. I can't either. No, I'm sure I'll recognize it when we watch it. And then our last segment of those episodes is going to be Out West um i'm excited to get some ren and stimpy under our belts again trav i just love me some ren and stimpy
1: oh it's fun to go back and forth with ren and stimpy for it, sure
0: it really is that's gonna yes that's going to be a very dialogue heavy episode <laughs> yep. and you get to whip out your ren which is the best it's the best it's the best it's the best so with all of that out of the way trav will you hit me with that
1: outro Let's do it. Time to get into the emails. So our first one is from ManBearPig is hitting us up again and says, Hey guys, not sure if you talked about this movie, but last night I watched Escape from New York, and I'd love to hear your breakdown of it. It has all the awful 80s things. Bad sound effects, weird characters without any explanations, bad military consulting of how things work, etc. And now I'm watching Escape from L.A., he said he just listened to the Predator podcast, which was his suggestion, and he loved it. And he said he should have clarified that CQC is close quarter combat, QRF is quick reaction force. And BJJ is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Oh, Brazilian Brazilian Jiu, Jiu- Jitsu.
0: It sounds it sounds dirtier than that. <laughs> My bad, he says. <laughs> BJJ.
1: Uh, and then uh, he said when there when they said there wasn't a QRF, which we looked up as quick reaction force, uh, that there's always a QRF on standby. So that made no sense to him. The reports. Are, and response is awesome. All of these guys are in trouble and need us immediately. Response, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, bear, pig, thank you for that thank email. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, next email here is from Sandy Cheeks is going to hit us with a few this week and says, what was your favorite ice cream flavor as a kid and is it still the same today?
0: Favorite as a kid was vanilla. I was just a straight vanilla kid. Vanilla boy. Uh, And it was always, like, if I had the choice, it was New York vanilla. Obviously. Obviously. (laughs) I mean, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Uh, I still love me some uh, New York vanilla, but if I choose an ice cream, from, like, the grocery store or at a place.
1: I always go mint chip now. I love me some mint chocolate mint chip. chip. Mint chip. Not a mint, not a big mint guy. Oh, it's so
0: good. It's so good. It's so good.
1: Does New York vanilla somehow make you think of Home Alone Lost in New York? I don't I know. Mean, it, for, it does for me. Sure. For I mean,
0: yeah, why not? I mean, definitely. I know,
1: every time. New York vanilla. Mm. I don't know. And then he's got, you know, the big ass scoops of ice cream in the hotel uh, yeah. room or oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I put chocolate as a kid. Uh, Yes, it is still my favorite. Nice, but honorable mention: New York vanilla. New York vanilla, and there's just something about it.
0: It's extra creamy.
1: Yeah, it's one thing to just like vanilla, but New York vanilla.
0: I wonder what the difference is between vanilla and New York vanilla. I don't know. Probably awesomeness. I I think I think so. It was too awesome. Too awesome. Maybe there's apples in it (laughs) because I I doubt it.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Uh, next one here is from sandy cheeks as well says what was your least favorite subject in school math easy peasy
0: (laughs) (laughs) easy peasy Uh, nothing against math i had to work way too hard at it and honestly i kind of gave up on it at the end of my high school career and it showed (laughs) (laughs) i actually liked
1: math good um but i put history history which actually is interesting to me now but at the time just wasn't for some reason interesting Yeah, history sucks. I've always
0: been more of a liberal arts side of the spectrum type of person. I do enjoy me some science. I oh, love yeah. I love science, but once again, I hit that math wall with science. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. see you later, science. See you later. <laughs>
1: I mean, recess. I was a big fan yeah, of recess. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. That was a class three times a day. Yeah. Study know. hall, sure. Study hall. Gym. <laughs> gym,
0: absolutely.
1: Gym again, and then advanced FED, then I redid advanced FED just to get the extra credit. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean,
0: that was the best thing about being a senior was having two gym classes oh. in the day. Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> And, and an open hour with work work release yep. that I never worked at. I just got the work release, and I'd be like, see ya.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, and then my last one here is question for Drew. What kind of cake did you always prefer at your birthday growing up? So when I was a kid, the DQs in town
0: would close over the wintertime. Both of them would. Sure. And now we have a DQ that doesn't. But I always wanted the DQ ice cream cake for my birthday. Okay. So my mother, Roberta, would have to go buy it in, like, the fall before they closed and then put it in the freezer for months. Jeez. Yeah, because I'd be like, I want a DQ ice cream cake. I no, <laughs> DQ ice cream cake. So we'd be in the freezer for months, frozen, saying, happy whatever birthday, Drew, congratulate, whatever, you know? And then by the time we would get to it in January... It was
1: always less than great. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was very
0: freezer burned and such. So. But I was I was just adamant on having that ice
1: cream cake. You didn't cake care. I You're did like, care. last year was freezer burned, but I don't get <laughs> <laughs> Give me cake. another one. Ice cream cake. But
0: barring ice cream cake, I will go carrot, cake. carrot I, cake. I love me some carrot cake. Sure. Especially now as an adult with a nice
1: black cup of coffee. Nice black cup of coffee <laughs> and some carrot cake. How about you, man? Uh, Simple for me, white with buttercream frosting. Delicious, delicious. Delicious, love it. Uh,
0: I mean, I'm not turning down cake. Obviously.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty clear. Um, <laughs>
0: yes, it is. Are you saying I'm fat? Because it's true. <laughs> no,
1: no, I'm saying because I agree with you. I, I just bought, you can get slices of cake now at Cub. Delicious. And i savagely doing that. Delicious. going last week, then this week, Lauren's like, God damn it, Trousa, you don't have to eat any of it. It's uh, one slice for myself. I right? will eat it all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I put store-bought. That's what I always preferred. I'll go with the marble. But yeah. I not that I don't like chocolate, but with the buttercream, I don't prefer that. I don't know. That's Lauren's favorite chocolate with the buttercream. Chocolate so the we buttercream. get that every year for her birthday. Nice. I go like crazy this year we got a lemon cake for her, which was awesome.
0: I do have to say GBBO has really opened my eyes to wanting to try all those desserts that they tr- that they make on the Great British Bake Off. Oh yeah. I want to try all those desserts so like they kind of have that stuff at our local grocery store now kind of these one-off little like tiramisu cakes or whatever and yeah. I'm always like yoink I'm going to try this one and it's always a little bit disappointing because it was made at a grocery store right. and not by like a really good bakery right, chef or something right. but it's interesting like I really want to try like chocolate ganache cake like and all that other stuff that they make especially like the patisserie
1: stuff Yeah, all those fancy little desserts seriously (laughs) 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 I did put uh, out of like the box cakes that we would make I always liked yellow cake with the chocolate frost yellow
0: cake is underrated it is I don't know what makes it taste it tastes like yellow
1: it's like New York vanilla (laughs) it's yellow for some reason it's better and it tastes like yellow yellow. it does taste like yellow words of Charlie Day it tastes like <laughs> uh, but that wraps up our emails so make sure you are emailing us at podcasts at overdue and check us out on instagram at overdue homework podcast and also on facebook and don't forget to tune in to the next exciting episode of the overdue homework podcast